Right, now those of you who are observant may have noticed that on the communion table we have bread and wine and cake. There is a very good reason for this because I don't know if anybody else had picked this up, but it, it's, it's been Richard's birthday this week. Richard, would you like to come up? Um, Richard, come on up, my friend. Oh, how did you come Hello, you? Richard. Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. So, Richard, how old were you this week? It's a bad. So it's 50. 50? Are you 50? Were you really 50 this week? Yeah, well, I was two. I've been 50 already. That crept up on us, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> Richard, we have a card for you on behalf from the church. So a lot of people from the church have already signed that. Do you want to open it? Oh, why? Oh, my word. What does it say? Oh, give me a moment and tell everyone here. It says, happy 50th birthday to you. All of you say, big, thank you, lovely birthday card for me. Thank you very much. Now, Richard, we, we don't normally sing happy birthday, oh, I like uh, but I think we should today. Yes, so please. can we sing happy birthday yeah. to you? I think I want to play for that. Richard, we're going to light the candles on your cake later, but if people want to share in the cake, you'll have to come downstairs and have lunch with us because over coffee after lunch, we're going to be cutting and sharing Richard's cake. But Richard, I have noticed there is a candle that's not lit at the moment, so can we get the little lighter from behind? The peace candle hasn't been lit. So let's ask Richard if he wouldn't mind doing that for us. Can we get the lighter? It's probably plugged in charging. This is our flameless lighter, otherwise known as the taser for candles. Look at this, it's amazing. Richard, so we'll light your birthday cake later, but would you light the peace candle for us? You pull that and you get a little arc there of electricity and that will light the wick, okay? There we go, thank you very much, that's great. Well done. Now, we're not quite done with hearing about Richard yet because... Um, Richard has been part of this church his whole life, which is quite an achievement. I don't think many people manage that in Bloomsbury. Um, but Faith and Brian, Richard's parents, are here. And Faith is going to tell us a little bit of the story of uh, Richard and Bloomsbury. Really, we wanted to come to thank the church for what they've done for Richard all his life. We first brought him here when he was just a week old. He was born on a Saturday, and the Sunday week we brought him here. When he was six weeks old, we came for a service of dedication, what Baptists do with babies, really, seeking a blessing. By then, he had been, the initial diagnosis of Down syndrome had been confirmed, and we had been given a a terribly gloomy prognosis by the doctors. I don't think in those days they knew much about what could be done. I think they saw people who were in centres and weren't stimulated much. It was before education came in. 
the act that brought Richard into education was actually passed the year after he was born. So there were schools by the time he was school age. We had this very gloomy prognosis. We brought him here for a dedication service. Our thanksgiving was pretty muted. We hardly knew what to pray. We made the promise to teach him the truths and duties of the Christian faith with considerable doubt about whether he could ever understand anything of that. And all the best prayer we could come up with was that somehow his life would prove useful because it seemed to us that there was going to be a lot of extra work in rearing him, but it would probably be pretty futile if he was as, as bad as was predicted. What really struck us that day was the church's promise. The church was asked to accept the responsibility of teaching and training this child, that being brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, he may be led in due time to trust Christ. The same promises had been made when his brother was brought three years earlier. I don't think the church's promise had sort of hit us on that occasion. We were more conscious of our own. But with Richard, we were deeply and suddenly aware, by the way, the church, most of whom knew the condition of the child, made that promise, like us not knowing what he could learn. And we just felt that very strongly. When we went downstairs afterwards, a visiting American told us, and who didn't know that Richard was going to be disabled, told us he'd never before been so moved at an infant presentation. What we really want to thank the church for is that although very, very few people are here now who were present at that time 50 years ago, the church has never wavered in the corporate promise to support Richard. And that's really been very moving to see that 50 years on, with almost completely different personnel, it just has gone on. In the early years, we found this was the one place other than in our home where Richard wasn't stereotyped. Everywhere else, people would talk about this kind of child, one of these children. From the very first here, he was Richard, and he was always Richard and allowed to be an individual. And we noticed that in the early years, the, the sort of milestones, the little stages of progress often happened here. And we concluded that we were probably just a bit less protective here because everybody protected him. And so often he did something new when we were here. Surprisingly soon, we saw and watched with amazement that Richard was being seen as somebody useful. He was probably only about three or four by which time he was walking reasonably well. And the widow of a former minister here, Mrs. Lord, used to get him to help her when she was collecting empty coffee cups. She was elderly, about the age I am now. Um, she was arthritic. She could reach to put cups on the top deck of the trolley, but not the lower one. She used to gather this little child and pass him the empty cups to put on the lower shelf so she could take a double dose to the kitchen for washing up. And I remember standing just absolutely amazed that somebody saw my son as able to be useful. In due course, he 
graduated into helping in the kitchen. In those days, there weren't the bars on children coming into the kitchen. And it was much easier to keep an eye on him if he was um, spreading apple tart into apple into tins for a pie or something, or counting the number of soup tins than if he was out where I couldn't see him. So he learned to do that. He learned geography here. Geography wasn't taught in his special school. He used to bring a children's atlas to church where the visitors could show him where they came from. And he thought of countries by the people he knew. So Australia was Ross's country and New Zealand was Joyce's and Canada was Dave and Sanders. And that was how he learned about the world. <clears throat> he also, of course, learned social skills here with so many people. We didn't know really as he grew up what he would be capable of understanding, but clearly it was more than had been predicted. And when he was 16, he went to Barbara, one of the ministers, unknown to us, he hadn't mentioned it, and asked her if she'd take him in the water. And she said, why? And he said, because I love Jesus. We were very grateful to the church that both the ministers and the members of the church assured us that they all felt that it was right, that he knew what he was doing. I think it's, it's quite unfair to ask parents in that situation to judge what their child can believe and know. So we were deeply grateful. And he took becoming a church member very seriously and still does. Um, people, I think, know that. Various ministers, beginning with Barbara, have taught him one-to-one -one so that they've developed his devotional life, which is almost his favorite hobby, I think, in the home. And they say that people like Richard often have one subject they're knowledgeable about. For him, it's hymns. He loves hymns, and he knows his hymns. The thing that moved us particularly in this was that about 20-odd years ago, a local college opened up a special department for adults with learning disabilities. And Richard was one of their early students. And the plan is, and the council funding, that they can take three subjects a year. And Richard still goes there regularly. But in the second year, to our surprise, Richard was given six classes. And the, the head of department explained that this was because he had the self-confidence to answer up in class and that made him an asset because most of their students had to be taught a bit of self-confidence before they could learn anything else. And somebody who could answer up, even if the answer was wrong, helped the others to join in. And what really moved us was that they explained that the tutors realized that a lot of their students had very supportive homes and that was not enough to give that. They realized that Richard had been valued in a wider society than the home. And they knew that it had to be the church because he was always talking about it. So thank you, Bloomsbury. Thank you, Faith. It is an important story and thank you for sharing that testimony with us. I remember seeing Richard, you did a Bible reading at the uh, Baptist Assembly a few years ago, didn't you? Do you remember that? Yeah. 
Richard, we'll, we'll come back to your birthday over lunch, okay, when we'll share the cake afterwards. <laughs>